It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, we've had plenty of cricket as normal. The weather has been brilliant over week 16. So there's plenty for me and Sal Ali from North London to be talking about. Sal, how are you? You good? Good evening, Dan. I'm very well. I was just thinking earlier on today, um, 16 weeks of uninterrupted cricket almost. I mean, it was one week we had some games where the rain did sort of come and go, but... If you said before the season started, what the chance of having an 18-week season without any rain? It'd be almost like Leicester winning the league, wouldn't it? I mean, in this country, it's unheard of to have Saturdays without rain during the summer. So, I'll keep my fingers crossed that we can get through two more weeks to go. It is pretty amazing, isn't it? I can't recall a summer where there wasn't um, a single game that wasn't somehow uh, curtailed by the rain. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed we can have a good last two weeks. Were you standing yourself this weekend? No, day off this weekend. So I just went down to Kent to some friends. So refreshed and ready to go for next week. But yeah. Good man. Good man. I did manage to get a game in. So my third and, and to be honest with you, probably final uh, game of the of the season. I was over uh, with Twickenham's Fours over somewhere just south of Norway, actually. Uh, um, Old Owens Cricket Club in Hertfordshire, which, um, which I have to say was very nice. I mean, I, I know Finchley have had some challenges with uh, getting grounds, their, their fours play over in Bushy and the threes there play at Old Owens, but very nice. We, we had an issue with the tea, son. The tea never arrived. Never oh, arrived. We had tea gates, but the, the, eventually were brilliant about it. We had a stack load of pizzas at the end of the game, um, which, given that most of us were pretty pretty peckish, was was a welcome a welcome sight when we saw the pizza delivery guy coming around the corner. But yeah, good day, good day. And just uh, uh, a quick shout out there to the Finchley boys who were very good hosts. And, and they dealt with the fact that we struggled to get there on time, um, which, you know, there was three of us there at 12.30. So I'm not, not massively impressed with some of my um, own comrades uh, for their inability to work out that the M25 might have some traffic on it. Who'd have thought it, eh, on a Saturday afternoon? Um, but they, they were brilliant, the Finchley boys. And they, they deservedly won. They, they, they chased our 195 without too many... Problems. Um, away from uh, the, the depths of the third tier, um, plenty going on elsewhere, right? And uh, I guess we've been talking up a final Week 18 game between North Middlesex and Teddington is going to be the game to end all games. Well, it ain't going to be that way, is it? Teddington have got the job done. Yes, congratulations to Alistair Pollock and his side and everyone linked to the club. Uh, champions of two games to play. So it's been quite an easy sort of... Uh, sort of uh, into the season, really, rather than one we imagined. Um, hosted inning and a 91-run win, which sees him secure the title. And sort of turning that around, what exactly has happened to North Middlesex? They've definitely fallen away badly, haven't they? They have. Um, I did mention this before, that I do feel their availability and lack of their injuries, um, obviously players away, I think it has come back to, eventually caught up with them. Um, they've, they've played games where they probably weren't as strong as they should have been, managed to win games 
due to maybe individual performances or collective effort. Whereas now, I think it's just about caught up with them and they are sort of drifting away. Well, not drifting away, because that's the wrong thing to say. They've got 105 points, which is a great effort still. Um, but as I said, um, the, the league title is out of their hands now. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess... I guess I'm a bit surprised at that because they have got a lot of strength in depth. But, you know, some sides have turned up and played some pretty good cricket against them, haven't they? And Richmond were one of those sides. Richmond themselves, plenty to play for. And they put they put 3-13 on the board, didn't they, against North Mid, which they couldn't quite chase. Yeah, but Richmond's sort of one-day form is pretty impressive with the bat. They do they score really heavily, don't they? Um, and that's even about Julius Sumerau, who's injured at the moment. So... Um, if he comes back in, and I'm sure you're hoping he's going to come back this week, um, that may continue. But still, yeah, a good win for Richmond. Um, out of the relegation zone now, on the back of that 37-run-1 win. Um, they did have the, probably the worst possible start they could think of, losing Captain Will Phillips in the first over. Um, but Greg King and Tan May Tanawala both scored 50s. But the highlight of the innings was definitely a brilliant 116 from Adam London, who helped to side to 313. Yeah, I'm not sure I need you to mention Adam London's name too frequently. As we've said before, he does have a habit of scoring runs against Twickenham. And, and to be honest, that's looking like the game of the round, isn't it? Richmond will be playing Twickenham. And if Richmond win, then they're up mathematically. If Twickenham win, then they're above Richmond and it all goes to, to week 18. And it is, of course, win-lose cricket. So one of them uh, will win, providing that no rain uh, comes to to, to get, in, uh, get in the way. Um, Twickenham uh, put up a fight against Shepherds Bush, but ultimately weren't quite... Good enough to get um, get the ten points. Yes, um, I mean, yeah, blazing start. Then Neville Torbert was in on fine form. Uh, he has no shrinking violet. You're right. He doesn't hang about. And doesn't hang around. But, but when he was out, it made sort of things quite tricky. And then, um, as I said, great start for Torbert. Scored one fifty six of thirty four balls. But then his dismissal meant Bush came back into the game. Um, Chinmay Chinmay Mullapudi took towards the wicket and four others. Um, actually, I watched some of the highlights of that, and it, I think four were all played on. Um, were they? So I wasn't aware of that. That's interesting. Five. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I think the four. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was at least three that sort of chopped onto their stumps, possibly four. Um, figures of five fifty-three, took them all out in under forty, just under forty-five overs. I think it was two hundred and one. Um, so you're eighty-three for two at one point, and then you're, you know, hundred twenty runs later. Out and you've still got five overs to bat. Well, I go, I go um, further than that. We were under nine for six then, Sal. So we really did dip once once uh, Netolvit was out and managed to, I guess, plug away to get 200, which, which depending on whether your glasses are full or off empty, um, might actually be better than we could have got. Yes. Uh, it, it was, a, I think, is it Rashid Mulazada and... Um, Akash Multani. Akash yeah. had put on a good sort of partnership. But yeah, 201... I mean, Bush, are, we know they've got some very good players, but you guys did fight back pretty well. Took early wickets with a new ball. Um, the overseas, James Billington scored 48, so Bush was still in the hunt. And it was a vital stand of 67 between the captain, Andrew Wilson, who scored 59, and Idris Otomian, who um, sort of like took the game away from you guys. And although there was a couple of late scares, um, the Bush won three, with three wickets uh, in hand. And now I level with North Mid. So that's getting interesting. I mean, the next sort of question is who, is who comes second, I was going to really? ask you that, because they're, they're, they're level on points, but Shepherds Bush play Richmond last day of the season. And um, is that right? Did they play Richmond last day of the season? I think I'm right. Uh, they do, yes. And they've got right. Hampstead this game. week. Hampstead saved themselves now. Um, which, but it doesn't sound like the worst running in the world if you're second in the league and going for that second spot. So is, is the money on Shepherds Bush? I mean, at home, home, do they have home advantage? They do. Um, are, they, are they informed? Probably are. Yeah, they are, I think. Sort of in good form. I mean, Hampstead's a dangerous side. We'll come to in a minute or two. But, yeah, they, you know, it's said limited over cricket. All it needs is one player to get in or to um, to bowl really well and you can win win the game, can't you, for your side? Uh, yeah, but I, I think I, I think Bush are probably best placed to come second because you've got North Mid taking on Crouch End next week, the sort of North London derby. Um bragging rights for that area so if, if Crouch and win that and the Bush win their game then it's almost secure isn't it second place yeah it's been an interesting one and um, I, I wouldn't surprise me if the Bush get 20 points um, but also it wouldn't surprise me if North Middlesex did somehow as well because Crouch and the tricky opponents but uh, the, the mid have got plenty of resilience there they're, they're, they're not going to just turn up to lose a game of cricket they're, they're going to turn up and get, give it their best shot so it might be worth wandering around the cot at the weekend Sal and seeing what's going on uh, over at North Mid could be some interesting cricket Indeed. Yeah. 
And I just want to come back to Tennant yes. quickly. I mean, just want to get brief. I mean, it was as I said, titles in the bag. Um, congratulations, guys! And one player that's really sort of stood out this year is Abhishek Junjunwala, and he scored his fourth century of the season, 132. He's been the catalyst of many large totals this year for his side. And again, Sato is a great example. Two eight three for five, um, and then as I said, found him difficult. One nine two all out. And another player who. I feel sort of, you know, stepped up this season and had a great season is Abdullah Nazir and he took four for 39. So this sort of A-team they have there, the batting and bowling, is, is being really um, instrumental this season in, in, in them winning the title with two games to play, which is, which is yeah, pretty Yeah, absolutely. Impressive. And particularly as we, we, we've been saying, that it's one of the, what we think, it's, it, you know, that the Premier Division is very strong this year, particularly uh, in the batting, but also, uh, you know, that there's plenty of good bowling about it. So, so to win it with a couple of games to spare is definitely... An achievement to be to be lauded. Well done to the to the Teddington boys. The Hampstead guys also be pretty happy this weekend in the great scheme of things because they're mathematically safe. Um, I guess you'd probably expect them to beat Hornsey, but uh, assumption being the mother of all cock up, I'm sure they'll have gone into the game very, uh, very, very professionally, and they they won pretty convincingly, right? They did in the end, but at one point it wasn't so easy. So it was one at yeah. six. Uh, Hornsey really got into them quite early on and made made, made life hard for them. Um, but Ben Fraser with 41 and some support from the lower order um, took him to um, 2 to 9. And then Hornsey just found a thing to really, really tricky about Muhammad Ahmed, who opens the bowling, was really on a roll, took 5 for 8. And um, at one point, 23 for 5, managed to get to 96, but that ended there. So 96 all out and 133 run win against Hornsey for Hampstead. As I said, now losing on 80 points, which I'm sure they be pretty pleased with. And um, as I said, another season in the Premier Division next year. Yeah, time. I mean, given where they were, they didn't. They, they did drift down towards the bottom um, uh, for, for a few weeks, but they've, they bounced back from there. And, and as you say, 80 points with two weeks to go is a, is a solid enough performance. Um, the final game will probably fit into that category um, for, for both the sides involved. Both Craig Chen and Stan Moore have had, uh, Stan Moore have had solid years. Um, they're, they're in a battle, a sort of private battle almost, for fourth place. And I guess Craig Chen, the best... Um, best place to get that now, aren't they? Because they managed to sneak home at the weekend. Yeah, 40, 40 run win. Um, Joel Curtis, the man we've been speaking about all season, he's you know stand up player of the league by a long way. He needed uh, to get another hundred to break the record of scoring most hundreds in the season. He's on ninety four now. What would you do, Daniel? Ninety four, six more runs needed to try and get a record. What would you do? Uh, I'd go for six singles, Sal, as you can probably imagine. Exactly the same as me, but Joel obviously plays a different way to us. To how us two would have played it. Went for oh, a big no. shot, um, caught, caught, caught in a deep square boundary. Oh, um, dismissed on 94, um, six short of breaking that record. But, you know, he'd he done the hard work and getting the 94 in the first place. Um, and But Crouching again, bit of trouble, one five one for six. Um, one of the young lads who's at Middlesex, uh, the academy player, Viren Patel, scored 58. And the keeper, Jack Cleaver, scored 39, not out. Took him to 257%, which you'd think on their home pitch, with the attack they have, they'd be confident defending that. Stan had a very good start. Tom Edrich scored 88, 107 for no wicket. But, you know, the spin came into their own. And Natim Hassam took 451 and bowled out Stamford for 217. So, Joe Curtis had two more innings now to achieve two more sort of milestones. One to break the league record, which I'm thinking needs another 120, 30 runs, I think I'm saying. I just guess top of my head. And one more century. So, he might have been saved for you guys. Yeah, you cheers for that, Sal. Yeah, yeah. Season. I wouldn't put it past him at all, to be honest. Um, interesting, though, if, if results go quite chance way, and, and, you know, we've said North Mid are struggling a bit of late and, and Twickenham are down there at the bottom, then and then Chance are still not a million miles away from finishing second, are they? Definitely. I mean, that's what they're probably pushing for, because I know they've, they've really aspired to achieve as high as they can. They've got some really sort of good individuals within the club who won't be let, sort of letting up with the season ending as it is. Um, and that'll be their target. Second place will definitely be their target. And it was sort of just proved to everyone they're not sort of one hit wonder. You know, they won the league last season, fantastic achievement, had a bit of a dip season at some point, but they've sort of come back well in the last few weeks and I'm sure they'll be looking to continue that form into the last two games of the season. Yeah, and I certainly think they'll fancy Twickenham at home on the last day because regardless of where we are, they've got a, they've got a pretty decent record against us in recent times. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be a fair old achievement to come second. Um, ha- having had um, such a brilliant year last year, and it is always hard to follow it up. Uh, and I think if they can pull that one off, then every, every respect to them, that'll be a wonderful, um, wonderful achievement. If we look to Division One, well, it's not a million miles away from being as you were, right? Because four of the top five won, 
So it's still ridiculously close. The one thing that we probably could say is that Acton are pretty likely to be playing Division 1 cricket again next year. But the other four teams in that promotion shout all did OK at the weekend, didn't they? I mean, they probably are going to, but they're still not out of it on, on paper. Mathematically, this, this division division is sure. yeah. easily the most interesting of all the divisions that we have in the, in the, in the league, in my view. Um, so we have two sides joust at the top, level on points, and a team in third place who's only one point behind, and a team in fourth place with nine points behind. Um, so yeah, on Saturday, the game of the day in that division was definitely Harris at Rose and Acton, and it was it was Harris at Rose who were celebrating. Um, as I said, to, to to go to remain joint top, Acton two hundred five for eight, Lucas Carlisle fifty three, and Captain Sir Hill Kerr seventy three. Um, but he was dismissed by a league veteran. I'm sure you might come across him in the path. Get out here, yeah. Um, He's with it. I think ex Harrowtown, been around a couple of clubs, um, and now a Harris St. Mary's player. Um, and then was that 176 for four? But um, I mentioned the player mentioned last week, Jiraki Joseph, who took a hat trick last week as well, um, took 444 and acted in on 208 for eight, um, which in the end was not enough as uh, Angus Provost got his side off to a fly score in 71, and then experienced pair of Carol Kazmi and Sam Benahassett. 75-run partnership, sealed them home for the loss of four wickets and, as we said, joint top with Brunsbury. Yeah, I mean, any cartwheels this week? I haven't seen any footage, okay. but I will, look, I will assume there must be You'd one think so, wouldn't you, uh, if he's doing well in a big game like that, yeah. Um, big game. Yeah, and so Hill Kirk continues his habit of scoring 50s against the best sides, so, um, so, so well done to him, although ultimately I think they're probably a bit disappointed because I know, and we've talked them up on this pod, that, that Acton have been, have been ticking quite nicely in the second half of the season, but... Um, I think they'd be have to a lot would have to go for them for, for the beat for, for them to end up in the top two now, particularly as uh, as Bronsby also won, didn't they? Bronsby had a comfortable day yesterday, beating relegation threat in Wembley um, by six wickets. They've got a new overseas because James Grady's had to go back to Australia. Um, we've got an off, off spinner called Nick Foster who just joined this weekend. He had a decent start, um, taking through thirty two. Wembley won thirty all out, uh, and then another Middlesex talent, uh, Nathan Fernandez, scored thirty seven. And then we now, so now means next week, we've got a great game next week. It's Harris St. Mary's hosting Brunsbury. Interesting. Interesting. And I think Finchley will be looking at that very closely, won't they? Because they're still one point behind the both of them. They're, they're, they're still in a decent position after, well, a bit of a trancing for poor old Enfield. Yeah, I think Enfield had a couple of bodies missing. I know uh, I spoke to a couple of guys a couple of weeks back, and they did say this weekend there was going to be light in terms of bodies for the first team. And that was proven yesterday. Um, Eight-wicket win for uh, Finch, as you said. Enfield all out for 85. Seb Fezzer Hatchett took five. And then Will Leggett wasted sort of no time. 45 not out. And Finch, as we said, are in the hunt. Definitely one point off the top two. And who they play next week? Go on. North Oof. London. So it's like a super... It's, like, it's almost like two semi-finals, effectively, in some ways. Um, it's like a super Saturday next weekend. Yeah, so the top four all play each other. And that... I mean, that does actually change it a bit for Acton, doesn't it? Because two of the sides above them will lose next weekend. So if they can beat uh, Osterley at home, then that they, they could quite plausibly be right back in it, even if they're still, uh, you know, only in, say, fourth place. So, yeah, that division really is um, interesting. Although, at the bottom, the great escape that I was talking about with Enfield, um, yeah, um, that, that that's not happening. And... Uh, I mean, I feel a bit for Enfield. I mean, I know they've had availability challenges. And I remember there was one game earlier this season where four players got injured in the warm-up. I mean, blinking egg, you know, the, the cricketing gods are against you then. But uh, they, they're all but gone. They're 17 points behind Barnes. And Wembley are basically gone, Sal, aren't they? 13 points behind Barnes now? I mean, sorry about Enfield, but they're playing Barnes. Yeah, they are, aren't they, actually? Yeah. They beat them. They're seven points behind going to the last game of the season. Um, so that bottom three it's not decided yet I don't think it, next week is a huge game at the bottom of the table but yeah but Wembley I just can't buy a win yeah. at the moment and I think the longer you sort of go on the harder it gets mentally and physically to get yourself you know up for these well not to get up for these games but to be in a position where you can try and win these games um, you know just sure confidence is pretty low but they'll be giving it a good shot um, as I said so that, that it's an intriguing position down there at the bottom as well in terms of who sort of stays up yeah. and who, who goes I mean, that's out. a fair point, isn't it? All Enfield can do against Barnes turn up and try and beat them. And if they beat them, well, they could be, you know, they could be seven points behind, eight points behind, nine points behind, but they're still in it in, in the last, you know, taking it to the last day of the season means that you're, um, you've got a chance. So, uh, so yeah, another one, another one to watch. North London got there, 
thinking about the top of the table again. So North London's still very much in this equation. They're nine points behind Bronsby and Harrison Marys. But it looks like a tight one on paper, Sal. One wicket win. Um, brilliant brilliant yeah, game, not, No, it was um, a five-run win, wasn't it? I'm getting this wrong. Yes, wow. Yes, yeah, five-run win. Uh, I just got home in time to sort of catch it on, um, on, on the stream. Um, we batted first, scored 184. Had a sort of decent sort of individual sort of innings from a couple of players. Will Burridge, one of the young lads, scored 31. Um, Matt Riley, again, got 42, sort of got in and then got out, frustratingly. And one of our sort of senior players on the side, Sam Barden, hang around at the end and hit a valuable 30, not out. Um, Jim Gattin, who's been back on the side the last couple of weeks, took five wickets. But 184 is one sort of... I mean, I'll mention this now on the pod. I mean, we are in fourth place and we've had a great season, but if I was to ask you how many times do you think we've scored over 210 this season, what would you say? Well, I always, I've always thought, actually, that North London is... If, if you had an average score to win a game at a ground in Middlesex, I'd have thought North London's average score would be lower than most. I think you can win games with 150 at North London relatively frequently, where some grounds, Enfield, for, for example, you might need plenty more than that. So how many times have you scored more than 210, you say? Um, yeah, in the whole season. I don't remember you scoring more than that at all, actually. Is that right? Is it none? Just, Just once against Enfield. So we read to, yeah, I mean, so we've relied on bowling quite heavily and we have, like you said, defended well at home and got some crucial wins away. Um, so it's one of them things where you just think, you know, if we had someone who can knock another sort of, you know, three, four hundred runs for us, we'd be definitely in that promotion, probably, you know, in the top two. But anyway, we're where we are and we're happy where we are. It's a great position to be in. You know, instead of beginning of the season, would you have more than 100 points after losing your first game? We'd be more yeah. than happy with that. So, as I said, but I guess second thing from Winchmore again, they had a decent start. Um, Kevin Randall scored 48. And it looked like at one point it was going to be a Winchmore Hill win because uh, Jim Gattin batting who scored 53. Um, they needed someone like, I think, five and over going to the last 15 overs with four wickets down. You'd fancy them, especially with him batting as well. But um, left arm spinner, Vivek Lodi, a producer of Cracker with delivery, took the wicket of Gattin. And then after that, sort of Mitchell Hill kind of, sort of, I don't know, played some interesting sort of shots, which I'm sure they'll be thinking about in hindsight where they needed. Sort of, a couple of balls went up in the air. Some good sort of keeper from our keeper, Dan Matthews. But then, so nine down, I think they needed around 30 to win. So you definitely feel that North London's got the game in the bag. But the last pair, um, Rob Sobers and Charlie Avent batted really sensibly, taking three or four on over, not taking any risks. Um, so it came down to the last over, needed nine to win. But one of the players had the ball in his hand, it's going to be Will Jones, and he kept his call and took the wicket with a penultimate ball. Cue uh, massive celebrations. Fantastic stuff from a cricketing perspective. And to be clear, when I was talking about lower than average scores, if you compare North London's ground with the rest of Middlesex, that wasn't a criticism. It's a great cricket wicket. Uh, and, and the amount of games over the years I've seen, you know, 180 versus 160, it's proper game cricket. It's not a shootout. It's not baseball. It, it's, it, it's, you know, the type of thing that will keep you on the, on the edge of your seat, just like it, it, it sounds like it did on, on, on Saturday. So the mood in the camp there at North London is still positive. It's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, as I said, next week, Finchley, it's like a semi-final. You know, uh, you win there and you've got the final game to try and get to the Prem. So, everyone's buzzing. Uh, our two's won as well, yesterday, so it's a good atmosphere. I wasn't there at the club, but everyone seemed to be in good spirits. So, yeah, um, relevance is good. So, we'll go into that game away at Finchley in, 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 high, in, our, in good spirits and hopefully, you know, pull yep. off a win, which will be amazing. I'll be following with interest, as I'm sure will many others. Sounds like a really interesting encounter uh, um, in coming there. Final game in the division, well, Barnes uh, played Osterley, didn't they? And I guess when you put 2-4-3 on the board, you think you've got a chance, but Osterley just about got there, didn't they? As we mentioned so many times in this pod, Osterley don't do simple wins, do they? <laughs> no. There's got to be some kind, of, some kind of drama before, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, Joe Jenkins gave Osterley a bit of run medicine, smashing 57-34 balls. Barnes posted 2-4-3. Um, Osterley's bowling, they'll probably look back and think we lacked a bit of discipline, considering 45 extras. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's not good. But they've got a guy in good form at the moment, Zara Hussain. Um, again, and he doesn't hang around for sure. Scored 67 runs, 56 in boundaries. Um, so he wasn't obviously you know blocking many. Mm-hmm. Um, also, again, two to six for eight at one point, looking maybe down and up. But they do have you know some sort of resilience, and they've been at the wrong end some sort of you know nervy ending games that they've lost. So they'd be pleased to win this game as they won off the second last four innings. So. Um, Possibly, as I said, they're safe for sure. And now Barnes are in that sort of, per- not perilous, but tricky sort of close position. position yeah. yeah, tricky, yeah. And then you know, it makes next week's game 
so much more crucial. You know, if they win on if they won on Saturday, next week's game would have been irrelevant almost, yeah. wouldn't it? But as I said, that win gives Enfield some sort of glimmer. Well, of if they'd won on Saturday, they would have been um, they'd have been safe. They'd have been twenty three points ahead yeah. of Wembley, but uh, they didn't, so they're not. So um, it definitely looks like we've got an interesting week seventeen ahead there. You, you talk about Austerley, an interesting game to cricket. There's, there's no club around, I think, in our league where the number eight, nine and ten are as dangerous as they are generally at Austerley, whoever they are. Um, you know, so many times they, they manage to, to, to dig themselves out of what look like long lost situations to get some points out of a game. Um, as an aside, and I want to ask you if you've ever seen anything like this, Sal, uh, Twickenham 2s play Austerley 2s on Saturday. Big game in Division 1 of the second tier and it went down to the last over Osterley batted first and, and Twickenham um, you know it was a bit ebb and flow very much looking like they're going to win it at one point and then Osterley got back into it goes into the last over um, needed something like eight to win there were two run outs there was loads of scrambled running it was all, all fantastically interesting if you love cricket but also a bit of a nightmare for, for Twickenham just couldn't get the runs last ball three needed to win the um, the number 11 is in Hamish Johnston young lad with um, Prabhu Dev who's been really really good for Twickenham 2s this year. He's got an awful lot of runs. Um, and they managed to scramble two. So the scores are tied if it's, uh, if, if it's two. And everybody thinks, crikey, what a game that is, until they see the umpire, who's standing there with his arm uh, going back towards his shoulder. One short, gentlemen. Yeah. And um, so Austerly win by one. Our umpire, I should add, Twickenham's uh, nominated umpire. Um, and there were no complaints afterwards. It was just a bit of a brain fade by the number 11. He didn't get didn't get to the end. So one short called in a game that would have been a tie. And um, it was between two sides who were gunning for promotion out of Division 1. Have you ever seen one short called as late as that in a game? It was a new one on me, no, I'll be honest. not at all. Yeah. And also, as I said, you mentioned the fact your umpire called it's a credit to your umpire for making that call and actually being observant and, and looking out for that as well because it's easy to sort of get carried away in the emotion and the whole kind of excitement of what's taking place of you know the win almost on the horizon or you know a tie even so um credit yep. to, to your man for being on the ball and there, were, there weren't any uh words of dissent in the pavilion there was plenty of like hamish what are you doing man but young lads in, in <laughs> big moments like that some, well anyone in big moments like that sometimes you just your brain stops but I suspect it won't stop for him again. <laughs> I suspect it's the type of thing he won't, he won't repeat twice. But um, I just thought, you know, if anyone, any listeners have heard of stories where one short has been called that late in, in, in that sort of uh, situation, we'd be, um, we'd be keen to hear from them. In other dramatic news, moving into um, Division 2, uh, Harrowtown lost. They did, and it was another thrilling game that took place. It absolutely was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, great, amazing chase here from Indian Jim Karner, which again secures their um, safety in, in the division. Um, as normal, Harrowtown piled on the runs, scoring 287. Sandra Mishra, 61, and Shokut for was 85. Um, Adam Batty had took wickets last week. Again, performed well with the ball, taking four wickets. Um, but, you know, you kind of feel, uh, as I said, with Indian Jukana, that it's a fact that it's a great win, but they looked down on that one point until a great eight-wicket eight partnership um, between uh, sorry, Ahmed Zaki, one of the players who batted down the order, put in 54 and set for a brilliant finale, and, and he got his side home um, in the last over with a, a one-wicket win, nine down. So, congratulations to Jim Karner. I mean, not many people will go to Harrowtown and sort of take him on like they've done and match about their own game and beat them. So, as I said, fantastic result from Jim Carner, who, as I said, now are sort of to save 73 points and comfortable in that position now. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, chasing 287 in any game of cricket, let's be clear, is an impressive effort. But uh, against a team as dominant as Harrow Town, then you've got to take your hat off to Indian Jim for, for, for pulling that one off. And, of course, that does mean that their relegation warriors are banished. They are mathematically uh, safe now. Um, up there with Harrow Town, we still don't know who's going to be joining them in Division 1 next year, do we? Because Southgate, um, they have for the last few weeks been looking like they're going to be the team, but they came a cropper again, didn't they? They lost to Brentham in a close one. Well, again, it just shows you, um, I suppose, the integrity of the league and how teams just keep fighting and fighting. Brentham in the relegation zone, almost prior going to this game. Massive 10 points for them and big blow to Southgate in their promotion hopes now um, with, 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 with a good win. You'd sort of, uh, you know, you look at this game and think, who's going to win the game for Brentford? They've got one player who's been an amazing season, Breit Patel. Um, scored 100 in, in their total, 2 2 6 7 
and then was also in, involved in a run out of dangerous Scott Ellis, who had scored 67 for 68, and he looked like he might take Southgate to victory. But um, Southgate ended on 217, and they, you know, a nine run win for Brentford, which is, as I said, massive and gives them now a 15 point lead over Eden Trail Finders, who are in ninth. Yeah, I mean, that really is a huge win because that 15 points, um, you know, they've got to lose two and Ealing Trailfinders has got to win two for, for, for Ealing to be able to save themselves because, of course, they, they lost against Eastcote, who are now gunning for Southgate. They're only five points behind Southgate at the top. Um, and I think Eastcote will probably feel that was relatively straightforward, right? They won by five wickets. Yeah, I think from all accounts, it wasn't the easiest sort of track to bat on. Um, runs right. were freely available. But yeah, five, five wicket win... Um, they once they got got rid of um, the you know free score and Shabazz Mir, who's had a great season in the back this year, scores runs for fun. He was out for eighty four. They was all out for one seven two, um, and then an eighty eight run partnership between another of the young Middlesex lads that we have in playing the league, um, Aaron Salwant and Otis player Trent keep keeps them in the chance of Div one. And again, this is one of those uh, fixtures at all these divisions where it could be some great fixtures in, in week eighteen um, because Southgate will be playing East Coast. So prior to that, we've got. East Coast, East Coast are not going to do it easily when they, if they are going to get promotion. They're hosting Harrowtown this weekend, um, where Jim Carner hosts Southgate. So ideally, for, for the neutral, it would be great if that final game was to decide who gets promotion. Yeah, but that thought would occur to me, actually. If East Coast go up, they, no one can say they've had it easy because they'll be playing the, the top two sides as they currently stand in the last two weeks and they'll need to beat them both. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, be interesting to see how they, they get on there. Um, Harrow, therefore, uh, they're, they're only 18 points, only but behind Southgate. But, um, but given that Southgate plays coat in Week 18, there's no way mathematically Harrow can go up. But they, they'll be pretty pleased with their win at Highgate, right? Yeah, five. Um, they hosted the game, Harrow, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, five. Oh, right. yeah, 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 my bad. Yeah. Five wickets win for Harrow. Um, Ronald Etienne again with some fireworks, smashing the quick 60. Um, so that, that completes a double over Highgate. And as I said, both sides have any... I mean, that kind of middle, middle of the table, kind of on the beach kind of scenario, aren't they, really, now? Um, yep. yep. 98, Absolutely. points, respectively. Yep. Which can often, and this is the same in many sports, prompt folks to relax and play some, some good cricket, right? You, got, you haven't got the pressures of uh, fighting for your life or, or, or trying to get out of the division, so sometimes that can, that, that can make, make, make everything just a bit more straightforward. And maybe that applies to Middlesex Titans because Middlesex Titans pulled what I guess is a bit of a surprise. They were on four points before Saturday. They're on 14 now because they beat South Hampstead. Yeah, congratulations. We said the same, you know, 10 to 1 the, the league title and congratulations Titans on their first win. Yep. Um, they bowled out Southampton for 130. Uh, um, took four wickets and then uh, they just went for it. No hanging around. Lassander Silva scored 77 and they was home comfortably by seven wickets. So, I'm sure there's a bit of celebration taking place with those guys. So, as I said, well done. And they will not end the season without a victory. So, um, well done. Good on them. Absolutely. And, and I just, they did go for it, didn't they? 132 in 17 overs. They, they really weren't messing about. But, um, um, but it's not going to save them. They will be still plying their trade in Division 3 next year. But um, always good to, you know, to get points on the board. And, and just to sort of feel what it's like to win the odd game here and there because you know we've all been in situations where we've been on bad runs and uh, and, and it's nice to see them uh, nice to see them turn around if we move into division three well i think things went pretty much as we expected uh this week right certainly wickham house will be happy enough they 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 kept their nerve uh, and did the did the job that they needed to do against ealing hamwellians they they won pretty convincingly um ealing hamwellians got 89 uh, and wickham house uh, knock them off for three. That means they're five points clear of Kenton and 14 ahead of um, Alexandra Park. Now, Kenton, they had, they had London Tigers, didn't they? So that, that can, we've said before, that that's not always the easiest of fixtures, um, but they came through pretty strongly, right? Yeah, and that'll give them a big boost going into week 17 and 18. Uh, Kenton, two, three, three for eight. Mohamed O'Neill, Khalid scored 44. Um, so again, one of them efforts where, where all, sort of players all play their part. Um, London Tigers had a bit of a tough start with the bats. Looked like they're going to be in sort of trouble. I think five five down early on. Um, but Mamtaz Ali scored 56 58. So I'm sure there was a few um, nerves kicking at Kenton. But um, Dylan Sani took 4 41. As, as you said, a, a good win for them. Keeps him in that sort of second promotion place and, you know, hopeful of, of spotting Div 2 next season. 
Yeah, and I think it is a good win because you mentioned last week, Sal, that London Tigers have been on a good run and they are, there is an, an element of unpredictability with them. So to, to beat them pretty convincingly, you know, it not only keeps them five points, uh, um, you know, within five points of Wickham House, it's good for the soul. You know, it's, it's good for, you know, good for the dressing room to, to know that you can, you can win games against potentially um, tricky opponents. And Sammy Hyder played, Sal, but he, he didn't really um, get involved that much in terms of uh, affecting the game. No, he fought, bowled his four a lot more than over. So, bowled nine overs, one for 59. Um, yep. And batted at 11, which I'm sure he, he loves doing. And he was getting another little not out for him to add to the tally. Little, little red inker, even though you could probably yeah. do some runs next to it before you say that. But, uh, but yeah, he was relegated from his number 10 to a number 11. Got a nod out. I'll know that will be back at number 10 next week. But, uh, yeah, he continues to have more runs, uh, more wickets than runs this season and indeed in his Middlesex career, uh, um, which we always, uh, every week, keep an eye on just to make sure that uh, the world is still aligned and Sammy is doing what Sammy does. Um, AP, they're still involved in this, aren't they, Sal? They, they beat Stoke Newington. Yeah, they're hanging on to the coattails, aren't they, with the top two? Um, a bit of a, bit yep. of a tight game out there uh, against Stoke Newington. Uh, Stoke Newington won 40 all out. Um, Kadim Nippo, again, who's, who's been really good at the ball, took some wickets. And then um, won 41 for six in response to, uh, as I said, keep myself in with an outside chance, a chance of a relation, really, because only nine points off Kenton. Um, so they'll be as I said, going into week 17 in, in, in good spirits and hopeful of carrying on a good run they're on at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they need Kenton to slip up in one in one of their next two games, but nothing you can do in that situation. Just just make sure you do your twenty point part. The worst situation would be if you won one of those two games and Kenton did slip up. Um, yeah. So um, so yeah, they'll no doubt be focusing on on what they can influence and what they can affect. I guess Stoke Newton are in the same position. They they now need two wins to survive. End of story. The problem's coming that they play Wickham House on Saturday. Um, so uh, playing the top of the table side may not be their ideal choice, but that's the way it is. So they're, they're going to have to, um, yeah, they're going to have to pull off something pretty impressive to maintain their Division 3 status into 2023. Um, I mentioned this last week, Sal Chiswick, that, that they, they've been on a decent run of late too. They're, they're the fourth team in this promotion race and they won. They beat Actonians um, by eight wickets quite impressively. Um but I think they're probably just too far away now, aren't they? Through no fault of their own, they do keep winning. But I think they just started this run from, um, you know, from too, the distance was too far. So they're they're twelve points behind Kenton, um, and and you know, in with a shout. But my money probably wouldn't be on Chiswick going up, even if um, they have got Tower Hamlets this week, or another one of the sides who are struggling, and and they're in decent nick themselves. So if I was you, Sarah, keep an eye on them, but I, I wouldn't expect ultimately them to be in the top two if all goes more or less as we might expect. If we move into um, Division 4, what do we need to know there? Anything catch your eye? So K-Plus are back on top. Um, they beat Pinner Challenges. Only one week off, wasn't it? They, they've bounced yeah. back. Beat Pinner Challenges quite easily. 2 6 7 for 9 played one four five, and have a nine-point lead over Idols of Worthy in two and second place. Um, Skipper, Primal Patel, 95 of 75 balls. Um, and then Quinal Shah... 452 with the ball for, for K plus as I said and they now are on 129 and you know looking I mean they're already promoted um, actually not not mathematically but you'd think they're, they're more or less up in some ways I suppose um, and then it's now old, old eyes of Werbman who are kind of looking over his shoulder um, in terms of that second promotion spot yeah it's interesting one with old eyes isn't it because they, they've been up there all season but they're still a scenario where, um, where where they don't end up going up, and they came a they came a bit of a cropper against Besborough, who who've had a good run themselves. They certainly scored lots of runs. We we, we picked up a four hundred plus score not so long ago, and they didn't need to score four hundred to win on Saturday, but they did chase one eight four um, um, for the loss of three wickets. So Besborough are piling on the pressure, and they're now just ten points behind uh, Old Eyes Worthians. And so they're very much on the charge. Um, they play Pinner Challengers. In week 17, which is a game you'd expect Besborough to come through, but Old Eyes are worthy and play bottom of the table, North London Muslim, so you'd expect them to come through as well. So this, this has got something of a, uh, um, you know, a week 18 feel to it. Ultimately, I think you'd rather be um, Old Eyes are Worthians, but um, I sense there's going to be a few, um, you know, uh, uh, this path is not going to be a straightforward one, and there might be a bit of uh, bit of action to keep an eye on over the last two weeks there. At the bottom, well, Hebstone Manor. 
um, did, a, did themselves a massive favour. They beat West Harrow by five wickets, one two one versus one two three four five, and that's seen them jump from bottom of the table right up to eighth. So they're now out of the relegation zone, uh, and they'll be hoping to continue that good form on um, when they play Lanka Lions at the at the weekend. And Lanka Lions, another side that they're not completely out of the promotion race, but I think fifteen points away from Old Isles is probably going to be a bridge too too far. But Headstone Manor, yeah, that they they're now. Uh, four points ahead of Pinner Challengers and nine ahead of North London Muslims. So a bit of cricket to be played down there um, this season um, yet. Division 5, Sal, Willow Leather and London Sportif are both promoted, both cruising away, aren't they? They are indeed, yes. 36-point uh, lead between uh, first and sorry, second and third, actually. Um, Willow Leather beat United Sports um, by 100 runs. 2-5-5, played 1-5-5. And then London Sportif, Beat Peshwa again by almost a similar margin to under 100 runs. 218 played 129. So, yeah, the top two sides are going to be very strong. Yep. So, they're, they're long since promoted, the two of them. And the only question is who's going to who, who's going to win the title at the moment? Willow Leather are seven points ahead of London Sportif. Um, but there's no doubt whatsoever that they're both um, they're both going up. At the bottom, um, Peshwa's defeat means they're, they're still only one point away from safety. They are in, in, in the relegation zone. Um, and, and the reason they're only that one point away is because United Sports, who they're battling with down there, um, uh, they're, you know, they, they, they got beat at the weekend as well. Um, Ealing Three Bridges keep their hopes alive, though. They um, overcame third place Swami Bapa, uh, 162 v1, v133. Um, and they're... Uh, they're now 10 points behind uh, um, United Sports, sealing three bridges, that is. But um, if they're going to survive, they're definitely going to have to do it the hard way. They've got to beat London Sportif this coming weekend. So um, I, I think that might be a bit of a challenge. And as I say, they're 10 points behind United Sports. So um, they probably are going to need two wins if they're going to get above them into the safety zone. Um, week, um, Division 6, Sal, well... All sorts going on in Division 6, as is usually the way. Where do we start there? Dan, I'll let you start this first game because you sort of did the dig in to find out what took place here. So I don't want to take your glory away. Well, I, I, yeah, I always sort of see see games where a match has been awarded by executive decision and think, oh, crikey, what's happened? Has, has there been a fallout? Has, has there been some sort of trouble on the field? What's gone on? Uh, and that's what I thought when I saw Harrow Millennium versus CRS Cardinals. Harrow Millennium at home. And um, CRS Cardinals were awarded the game. So uh, I got in touch with Nick Brown, the, the, the league secretary, just to find out what, what the story was with that. And he said, no, 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 no falling out. Um, they got to the ground and there was a music festival taking place on the ground. Now, I did then ask Nick, what, what, what genre was it? You know, what, what, what are we talking about here? Are we, are we talking about uh, rock music? Are we talking about, you know, Renaissance Baroque or, or, or something equally as ent- entertaining? Nick didn't know, and I'm not going to hold that against him. But, uh, but anyway, the music festival want moving, so they couldn't play. So unfortunately, Harrow Millennium, um, um, given they're the home side, that they sort of take responsibility for that, even though if it, feel, it feels very unfair to me, because I'm sure they don't own their own ground. But only unfair in the way that life is unfair. I totally get why the league have done what they've done. And CRS Cardinals get the points because they couldn't play round, through or in the middle of the music festival that was going on uh, at the ground. At the time, so um, so yeah, that was a new one on me. I mean, at Twickenham, we have circuses turn up, we have um, all sorts of other things uh, um, happen around the green, not on the green, thankfully. So that that's this is not something I've uh, uh, I've seen before, which sort of kept me mildly amused in my own strange way. In terms of the cricket that was played, though, the top two met, didn't they? London Super Kings played Youth Wing. They did, and it was in second place. Finally, came out on top. So Youth Wing come over victory. Um, it's yeah. quite a close game here. Uh, Two three eight um, played two four two for five. So uh, I imagine you've been got over the line by chasing the total down. Or yet one by five wickets. So yeah, congratulations to those guys. Um, Prakash Hitas I might be saying this wrong, Dan. So I'll have a go at it. Is it Hita Hitam Saria? Hita Samaria, I think. Hita yeah, Samaria. that was my guess on this. Well, Seventy five for London Super Kings. Uh, Anish Shah three thirty nine for Youth Wing, and um, Eval Patel scored a brilliant hundred to get youth wing to over the line and as I said uh, I mean the league's probably out of winning the league but they're only 12 points behind but that obviously needs uh, Super Kings to lose in one of their last two which unlikely to happen seeing how many points they've accumulated this season yep yep 
spot on, spot on. Um, you know, United Sporting Club still still taking an interest in the promotion places. So they're seven points behind Youth Wing, um, and you know, Youth Wing were probably pretty pretty pleased that United Sporting Club didn't come to the party at the weekend. They lost against Stallions, and Stallions, as we've said before, they've been deducted a you know gazillion points, so that yeah. they're clearly one of the better teams, even if the league table doesn't reflect that. But it was two seven one v two thirty, so a reasonably high scoring. Uh, affair and, and no one else is in the promotion hunt at all. It's going to be two of those three uh, that go up. Oh, the Dan, big news at the bottom. Sorry, Dan, they had space over this weekend as well. It's a sporting club of venue. Um, so if anyone's at the Hampton's Eve having a little picnic, watch a bit of cricket while you're there, you can catch some action. Nice sporting club will be taking youth wings. So it's almost like, you know, that is the decider, isn't it, really, to see who gets promotion. A promotion yeah, six pointer, way. as it yeah. were. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. Um, at the bottom, though, Tamil United have bounced back. They're no longer on one point, are they? Yeah, our favourite club. Um, just, I mean, <laughs> not, they win a game, then all the players go missing, um, and they'll come back again. And they win, <laughs> Get the lucky 10 points, won't they, they somewhere? Must, next week, they'll probably go missing again, won't they? Yeah, so, um, so they won. <laughs> they won. Fantastic, you know. Um, a great result for Tamil United, as you mentioned. Um, they're now back on, on positive in terms of points. They're 11 points now. Um, Bob Regis Park out for 1-5-1 and got it quite comfortably. Um, for a loss of only three wickets in 22 overs, so now we're hanging around um, to get himself over the line. Well done. It does look like a bit of a walk in the park, doesn't it? They're 155 for three. They're making it look easy, Tamil United. What will next season bring? Perhaps they're, they're, they're going to be the dark horse next year. Perhaps the only way is up. Um, all good, all good. In terms of our high and low scores, worth noting that, of course, um, the Prem play 100 over cricket at the moment, and if, I think I'm right in saying that uh, most other leagues do not. So Premier Division side certainly got an advantage here, um, and I think the top score in first eleven cricket was in the Prem, wasn't it? Yeah, Richmond three one three for eight against North Middlesex. Yep, good effort by Richmond. And um, if we look elsewhere, the um, the low the lower end of the spectrum, we've got Tower Hamlets. Yeah, seventy eight all out. Um, that's the lowest score uh, uh, of any first eleven side last weekend against SKLPC, who, who, who scored two hundred and thirty. So they won in pretty bombastic style. Um, in terms of the top score in the league, though, Richmond. Um, well, Richmond do not win with three hundred and thirteen this week. Hampstead do, don't they? Hampstead fives. Messy game of two halves, isn't it? That one, Dan. Um, Hampstead fives. Four Absolutely, seven, my four, goodness me. Yeah. <laughs> four of seven for eight, and Crouchen night seven for nine. So um, yeah. Was, yeah, uh, it's just it's a 300 and whatever it is run victory. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Crouch End, rather, they, get a, they, get, they sort of get a dig-in of the day award, don't they? Even though you can't really have a dig-in of the day award in limited overs cricket. No. Um, but yeah, I would understand why you wouldn't give it all away, though. If you spent, you know, three hours in the field chasing leather, then I, I'd make damn sure I tried to bat as long as I could, no matter whether I was gaining any points or not. So respect you for, to Crouch End for not being all out. Crouch End fours there, 97 for nine. Um, worth noting in that division, Richmond Fives also managed to um, to score three hundred and ninety-five. Now you, you'd think you'd get the top score in the league with that, wouldn't you? You didn't even get the top score in your own division. No. Um, so three nine five for six Richmond Fives against Harrow Threes, who themselves got three hundred and sixteen. So runs galore in um, in Division Three of the uh, of the third tier. In terms of the lowest score, well, there was a lower score than Tower Hamlet seventy-eight all out, right? And it involves Stanmore. Yes, uh, Sam Wilfer, there was 41 all out. Um, quite surprising. Some good young players amongst their ranks. Maybe availability wasn't great. Well, actually, yeah. Maybe Hatsel to Kenton, maybe just you know, turned up and played their own game. Yeah, and Kenton won it quite easy. Um, one by nine wickets, so chased the total down 45 for one. So, yeah. Uh, and then you. Yeah, score. and sometimes it just happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes everything goes wrong. Batsmen get themselves out. Good players don't do what they should, and all of a sudden you, you've had a nightmare. So, that, that may be part of it as well. I also saw that Brentham 2s were 68 all out. Now, 68 all out, clearly not the lowest score of the day, but I couldn't help but notice Brentham were on our top and already promoted, and yet they were 68 all out against Stoke Newington, who, who beat them quite convincingly by six wickets. So it really can happen to anybody, and anyone who's played any amount of cricket will know how true that is. Um, in terms of other things around the league, Sal, I, I mentioned, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, that... Actonians are in this, this slightly bizarre position of having none of their sides promoted or relegated over the last decade. And two weeks ago, I mentioned that their threes, they're all set to, to break, to buck this trend. They're, they're decided they're going to prompt the party of the season in Actonians' clubhouse when they get promoted. And 
clearly I've put the mockers on them. This has been well and truly blown apart. They were 19 points clear of Hampstead two weeks ago. Um, they are not 19 points clear anymore. Um, and, and to be honest, um, I, I'm not at all sure uh, um, where this is going to end up for them because they're only two points clear. Um, they lost by 14 runs to Harrow Town fours this week. Um, it could all be going down to the last the last game of the season for, for Actonians threes and what I am still convinced is going to be a promotion party of the decade. Um, they play already uh, relegated Southampton threes this week, but then it's top of the table Harrison Mary's threes for, for Actonians. So um, it, I, I think that, I think it I think it might not be happening. So I think the promotion party that we were trying to get invited to might have to be delayed yet another year. Um, so so Actonians, poor old Actonians, uh, may well be. Uh, Actonian suits may well be in, in, in the middle of blowing what could have been the party of, of a generation. Um, moving on from that, any other AOB that caught your eye in the past seven days? There was some cup um, action today. So we've had the semi-finals cool. take, some of the semi-finals take place. So um, in the Middlesex Cup, which is open to the Prem clubs and some Div 1 clubs, uh, we now know that uh, Stanmore will be in the final. They beat Richmond today. Um Quite convincing, really, in the end for them. Uh, to uh, so Richmond 197 all out. Um, Lucky Bangs overseas ball 100, and then Stanmore chasing down quite comfortably. Actually, really comfortably inside 22 overs, um, 200 for two. Uh, one of their one of their players had a really good day out at the bat today. It's um, going to get his name. It's Chandy Ratner. I don't want to say it wrong, so just bear me a second while I get that information up. I don't want to obviously pronounce his name wrong, but yeah, Stanmore in the final. Um, which we take take place at Old Deer Park on September the 10th, and the gentleman's name was actually Shan- Shandy. Right in the Kamara and scored 136 not out. So actually, and also this is bomb. Oh, wow. And then another performance this, in the semi final. 61 balls he took him as well. 15 fours and 10 sixes. A strike rate of 222.95. Wow. Not bad at all, is it? Eh? Um, so there was that is a decent effort. Carnage yeah. on the common today. I think you may best way to describe it. But yeah, so. Um, they're in the final, oh, and yeah. they'll be playing either Ealing or Crouching, who play their game um, next week at Corfton Road. So semi-finals almost decide that, and we do know the finals actually in the Middlesex uh, Trophy, and it's going to be actually the top two in the table at the moment. So Harrowtown, we will be playing Southgate at the Walker Ground, Southgate's Ground on September the tenth as well. Um, Southgate beat Southampton by 159 runs, and Brentford had a um, Brentford took a Harrowtown. Harrowtown won by six wickets. Although at one point there were three down for I think six it was in the uh, initial overs early on in the game. But, you know, they've got some players who can turn games around quite quickly and they did so. So, yeah, Harrowtown 144 for four in 19.3 overs will now be taking on current second place inside in the table, Southgate. Interesting. Interesting. Good stuff. And both of those finals are the 10th of September, aren't they? They are. Yeah, that's correct. And actually, also, while we want to talk about cover action, actually, said two of our umpires were not from our, um, our league, uh, from the panel, um, Tom Rutherford and Vinoj Srinivasan. I said his name wrong last time. I might have said it wrong today, so apologies, Vinoj. They both umpired today in the, um, the national semi-final, which was um, Bexley and Potton. So congratulations to those two for getting that kind of uh, accolade of being recognised to be accolade, able yeah. Yeah, to, oh. you know, to recognise their abilities are more than capable of standing those kind of levels of game. So, yeah, well done to those two. And if we notch again, apologies if I got your second name wrong. All good. All good. And, and as you say, well done to those guys. That's a, that is a, an accolade to be asked to, to umpire a game, a club game of that stature. Um, a couple of the bits I wanted to throw in. First of all, um, really pleased to hear from uh, Nick Brown, the league secretary, that there will be a annual dinner this year. Um Always good, of course, through the COVID years that they've been um, a lot harder stroke impossible to, to host. So the date is the 21st of October. I think more details to follow. Uh, and, and I think I'll let Nick do that when they're finalised. Um, but 21st of October is the thing, is the date to put in your diary. It'd be good to see as many people there as possible. They're always good events. Um, and, um, you know, I'd, I'd strongly encourage clubs to, to support them. And secondly, um, we were talking the other week about players who just don't miss games and players who consistently every week turn out for their side and I think I think I posted the question I wonder you know who's played the most games without without missing one and I think you um, suggested it might be James Overy 
from Bronsbury, or he'd be up there because he, he doesn't seem to miss a game. And um, uh, and even though he's he's recently become a become a father, he's he's still playing. He's still leading Bronsbury in their charge. Um, uh, hopefully, back into the Premier League. So um, um, Paul Smith's been in touch and has provided a list. Sal, or obviously since two thousand and two, when we have um, all the data. So uh, in, in recent times, of players who've um, played well, a top ten basically players who've uh, and the number of games they can they've played consecutively before missing one because of an injury or or a or a wedding. And James Overy is top, and he is still going on this streak. He's um, between twenty fifteen. And now he's, he's played 119 games on the banks for Bronsby without anything getting in the way, which I thought was pretty impressive. I'm going to spring this on you, Sal. I've got a top 10 in front of me here. Mm. Any idea who might, who, who might be in it? Who, who's going to be 2 to 10? Any names you want to fling, fling are we talking, So In a row, playing most games, yeah? Yes, that's and the key thing. It's not... You, you can play 70 games and miss one, 70 games and miss one, 70 games and miss one. You won't be in this list. So it's about who's played consecutive games. And James has played 119. The next best is 110. And then uh, there are five players who've played in the 90s. Uh, then there's an 87, an 86, and an 84. Okay. And of the top 10, three are still going. James over is one. Um, and then there are two who are still active in the league at the moment. Is Christian Martin one of those players? Christian Martin is in 10th, but he's not... Uh, one of the ones who's active, as it were, because his streak was 2015 to 2020, then he missed a game. So he's obviously building up a new streak, but it's, yeah. it's nowhere near the 84 that he managed. So Christian Martin is, he's 10th on that list. Yeah. And have these I think players... you've done very well. I don't think it's the easiest question in the world. <laughs> oh, I love the challenge like this. So, I mean, have some of them players moved club maybe, or they were still playing for the same club they were from the start of their streak? Or they're kind of... Um... Now you're asking questions. There's at least one player on this list I know has played for two clubs. Um, but I assume Paul is talking to us about people who've played consecutive games for whatever club. And is it... Is it which so is they move in a, in, a, in a winter? Which division are we talking about here? Are we going from Prem down to Div 2 or is it just uh, Prem down to Div 3? First 11 cricket. First 11 cricket. And I suspect that will mean um, not including the Middlesex Championship divisions, which joined us very recently. Okay. I'm going to give one more guess before we go because I don't want to keep everyone hanging on for my answers. Um, but they can, they're more than welcome to send them to me and you if they want to. Um, and let's see if they're correct or not. Okay, let's have a little quick, quick, quick think. Uh, I'm trying to think of the clubs that have got players who sort of play quite a lot of cricket. Um, this is a tough one, Dan. It's a real tough one, mate. Um, Club, okay, I'll give you... Right, OK. Well, so we'll, we'll leave it at this, as you say. We'll have James Overy, Bronsbury. He's top with 119. And well, well, well done there, James. Fantastic effort. Christian Martin is 10th. 84 consecutive games between 2015 and 2020. There's one Twickenham player there. Good one, that is. It's not the captain, because I know he's been away before. It's not Carlos Nunes. No, no, no it's not. not captain. Um, is it Don Manuel G? Nope. No, because he, he moved his audience into Austria and maybe had a break. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. When I saw the name, I thought, "Are you serious?" Is it? Is he not doing? This is a lot of games. Is he still playing? Play now. He is still playing. But he is still playing. Playing the ones at the moment, by the sounds of it. He is playing in the ones at the moment. Really? Oh, Scott Newman. And he's been away and come back. Not Scott Newman, is he? He's not been nope. there long enough. No. No. Oh, Shall I help you out on this one? Mulazada. I'd, I'd have needed. I'd have needed a lot of guesses with this one, Sal. To be is honest. Rashi Mulazada. It is Rashid Muller Azada. Yeah. From 2010 to 2015. And it's not that he misses a multitude of games, but yeah. he, he just periodically, you know, the, the, he, he struggles a bit with injury. Yeah. Um, and I know there was a period where he had to, you know, there one or two family challenges and whatnot yeah. that he, he took yeah. him away. Um, but yeah, Ash, Rashid is ninth. 86 games consecutively in 2010 to 2015. So... We've got first, we've got ninth, we've got tenth. I'm going to leave it open, Sal, and we'll, we'll talk to people yeah. next week. If anyone wants to get in touch with us, then then I'm, I, I will reveal all, as it were, um, for those who are that way inclined at about this time in the pod next week. Brilliant. Cool. Right. Always good to end with a trivia question. Um, lots to look forward to in week 17 and, of course, in week 18. They're going to be two absolute thrillers 
if you can get down and watch any of the games, then uh, then I'd, I'd really recommend one that you do to do so because there's going to be some good cricket out there. But do talk to Sal and me. We cannot get to every game in the county uh, on a, or anywhere near it on a Saturday. So if there are stories to be told, we want to hear them so that we can we can tell whoever happens to listen to a, to, to our. Pod. So um, let's see what week 17 brings. Sally, are you on point at the weekend? I am just back this Saturday. Yeah, I'm not sure where I am at the moment. We don't get told till late on during the week. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be somewhere. Oh, of course, yeah. Let, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'll be somewhere. Well, wherever you are, I hope it goes well. I hope yeah. it doesn't rain. Yep, hope so. Good, good. And we'll regroup next week. Brilliant, Dan. Take care. Cheers, Sal. All the best. Bye bye. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.